Thanks for coming in, Arnold. I'm really glad you could make it. I love war movies. Will I be fighting aliens or robots from the future? Neither. You'll be a soldier fighting in the Vietnam War. I don't have a name for your character, but you're just gonna have to trust me. Change the script. Put aliens and robots in it. That's not gonna happen. Don't be a mama's boy. You should make me a talking animal. Okay, animal mother. You're out of here. Get off my set. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> there we go. There we that go. Was that was nice. good. Okay, that's better. That's good. That was better. <laughs> <laughs> Four takes, not a big deal. Who would have thought the little Asian man could do a buff Austrian accent? Thank you very much. How does, how does an accent sound buff? <laughs> Arnold's It just does. It just sounds good. <laughs> All right, Give me two it. weeks, it's going to be better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good stuff. Now let's start the podcast. <laughs> the Legendary Sit Podcast. Yeah. This episode, we watched Full Metal Jacket. It was directed by Stanley Kubrick, was released July 10th, 1987. Has a runtime of one hour fifty-four minutes, an R rating, and a couple facts or trivia before yeah. we get started. Give me the trivia. <laughs> so I was Lee... trying to make John Dick a, a good, do a little spit take <laughs> when I said that when he's drinking water, but I didn't laugh. Uh. <laughs> uh, Lee Ermy, so... what's up? I was still trying to drink water, and I was just keep going. Learmy <laughs> ad libbed most of his most of his lines, and only required a few scenes, or a few takes for his scene. This is not very common for Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, and I know he's known for doing tons of takes. Yeah, not not every single like scene, but yeah, for particular scenes. Yeah, and I can't believe like. In how little scenes they did that the actors didn't crack. That's pretty good. <laughs> I There's a couple times, but... I, you, yeah, I you can see some people much. smiling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the entire film was shot in England's Pinewood Studios. And uh, Bastingborn Barracks? Why is it so hard to say? It's like a tongue Bassingborn. twister. Bastingborn. So, this movie looks like... It was shot, like, in Vietnam, and and just the amount of detail and effort they have in this movie, yeah, is so incredible. Yeah, it, it is. Bill McKenney wanted was wanted for the role of Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, but Stanley Kubrick was too frightened by his performance and deliverance. Uh, so after him, it was Tim Col Colseri, um, but it was ultimately given to Lee Ermey, who was just like the consultant for the boot camp portion. Yeah, kind of like Ray Parks becoming um, Darth Maul. Apparently, I thought he was gonna be like the choreography or or the martial arts um, coordinator. Yep, coordinators, mm-hmm. and he became uh, the actual character. So good. It is really good. Uh, Darth Maul and Gunnery Sergeant. Yeah, both of them are, are really good. Yeah. 
I wish Dudmo had more of a presence in episode one. But oh, anyways, so good. <laughs> I wish Arnold Schwarzenegger was turned down uh, for the role of animal mother. So we had our little reenactment of what could have been, what could have been, <laughs> man, should have been, should have been. <laughs> Plastic trees and plants were flown from Hong Kong and California. Stanley Kubrick disliked the trees, so he ordered 200 palm trees from Spain for the final battle of Yu. Hui. Hui. I thought it was Yu. I don't know. Maybe I just heard it wrong. You heard it wrong. <laughs> All, right. All right. Albert's right. <laughs> I mean, if I could have a little bit of something to say, it might be the names of cities in Vietnam. Yeah. You definitely have that. All right, time to sell that sip. It's a six-word summary of the movie. We need some kind of jingle when we have to sell that sip, but just throwing it out there. I We definitely do. And Something we can hum. Sell that Something sip, we can hum. sell that sip, sell it all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Give me what? that sip, just a sip. Something, something, all day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. <laughs> Like it's too bad. What's up? It's too bad we <laughs> yeah. don't have like, like any musical friends that could help I have, us out. I have a musical friend. I I've asked him to help me with uh, one of my previous previous YouTube channels, and uh, n- he never got back to me. So <laughs> no help. I'll have to find another musical friend. Well, out of everyone that listens, if you're a musical friend, then help us out. Or if you just listen to the podcast and you have musical talent, help us out. We'll throw your name out there and we'll advertise for you. We don't have money. <laughs> well, I mean, like, we'll shout out. Your... Artists don't want shout outs. They want money. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pay hey, you sometimes dollar. you're just as good. <laughs> All right. Let's go with Arnold first. All right. Not okay. the other Arnold. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Gomer Pyle. Helps make. I can't say anymore. <laughs> Gomer, <laughs> Gomer Pyle helps make the movie. I say that because I think part two of the movie is not as good as part one at all. Agreed. Okay. Yeah, I throw all my faith into the first half. <laughs> yeah. After that, it's just like kind of long. The, yeah. What's the point? What's going on? What's the direction? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, right. second, second Arnold? Yeah, go ahead, Arnold. Wild world. Wild world of worlds and war. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? Was that good? That I don't know what you said. Can you read I heard it? the, word, I heard the word war, and that's it. <laughs> I said, uh, wild world of words and war. Ooh, say that one more time in your Austrian accent. Wild world of wars. <laughs> Wild world of wars and wars. <laughs> Stop laughing. Okay, okay. One, one last time. Wild world of wars and wars. I said it backwards <laughs> that time. Oh, it's still the backwards. Uh, are you saying wards? Wild world of words and war. Okay. Just because, okay. like, the first half of the movie is more based on, like, the words and what's being said and then second half of the movie is more about Thor so 
Yeah. And they're both just kind of really wild and crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, I do agree with Albert. The first half of the movie is a lot better. Yeah. We'll get My into that, though. Yeah, we'll get into that, into the tasty and the gross. Uh, two great halves, one dividing message. All right, you guys. You're not you're not gonna elaborate on that. Just... Uh, well, we'll get into it. We'll All get right, into yeah. it. Okay. Self-explanatory. <laughs> so now say it this... in your Arnold accent. <laughs> say it in my Arnold accent. Yeah. Two great halves, one dividing message. <laughs> Acceptable. Uh, I gotta work on it. <laughs> Out of ten, poots. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> out of out of ten full metal jackets, how many do you give? Uh, out of ten, I give this. A, oh, okay. I I thought you're going first. Uh, I I'll was give it asking a solid, you. I'll give it a solid eight out of ten. Johnny by boy. <laughs> All right. How, how many <laughs> FMJs do you give? Um, I'm gonna give it uh six. I just like like we've already said the like for me the first half of the movie was really interesting. I wish we could have focused more on that, and then after it. Like it just felt so long and just drawn out, and it's only—it's not even that long. It's only like two hours. Yeah. Not yeah. even two hours. So for it to feel like that, it just kind of, in a bad way. So. Yeah. Yep. I uh, I'm with I'm with you. I've got a six as well. Hey, okay. that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I, I, like I I I was thinking of why I would lean more towards a seven, and how how the second half kind of follows Joker but what the actual message is and what he's trying to struggle with I don't think I I don't I don't think I see that message coming across very well so I'm going to go with the 6 as well okay so I watched this movie 3 times this week and mm-hmm. the first time I watched it it was about a 6 and then I watched it again towards Friday and that went up for me, and then I watched it half yesterday and half this morning, mm-hmm. and uh, it was still sitting a little bit higher for me. Yeah. I think I think it gets better with repeat viewings, which isn't that like a movie. A movie shouldn't need that, but if you do watch it, I think you get more out of it the more you watch it. Yeah, I I I can see that in this movie, but I I've seen the last time I saw this movie other than yesterday was sometime last year okay yeah so not too long ago but enough for me to say that even with a repeat watch i still preferred the first half yeah first first act yeah mm-hmm. yeah the the message in the first half hit a lot harder than the second half for sure mm-hmm what what was the message uh to that what did you take from the first half, John? Uh, just the whole uh, implications of hazing and how that could affect someone's mental mental health. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and that, they're not even the war yet, so it's it, it it's what the army and what the military does to get people ready for war that shows what needs to be done to a human to have them act as a soldier. Yeah. And I think, like, one of the things that stuck out most to me in the very beginning was the scene where they're going over all these, like, killers and where they got their training from so yeah they got it from the army and something similar probably happened to them where they weren't mentally stable and they were given a gun and taught how to use it properly so yeah so a couple of the key characters before we get into the tasty we have private joker we have uh private pile Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, and that's like the first half. We have a couple other ones like Snowball, and yeah, what do you Cowboy. call it? Call it eight ball in the list here, huh? I there's an eight, eight ball. There, there's an eight ball. There, there is. Yeah, there's the an eight ball. Half, there's yeah. an eight ball. There's a snowball. Who was eight there's ball? There's a blue ball. Eight, oh, ball, okay. was, uh, eight ball was the African American gentleman who got shot by the sniper. Oh yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah. He, I thought uh, uh, the guy uh, with uh, tu, tu Boku, Tu Boku. <laughs> oh, Tu, tu Boku. Oh, Buk, Buku? Buku. That's Buku. It's French. Oh, it's French. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the 100% Alabama black uh, snake. <laughs> oh, that guy. Okay. That guy. Yeah. yeah. You remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember him. <laughs> I remember him for that. <laughs> I remember him now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Animal Mother was in the second half. Eight Ball, Rafter Man. Um, and those are like the main ones. We had like Lieutenant Touchdown, but he's very brief and dies very like early on. Yeah. In the second half. Favorite character, you guys? John? Uh, I don't know yet. Why don't don't you answer before me? Okay, (laughs) yeah. I I like uh, Sergeant Harmon. Yeah. I mean, he was the most, like, interesting character. Just just the way um, Lee Ermey just was able to portray him and act that way is just amazing to me. Yeah, like if it's true he improved all that stuff, then it's just the delivery of it so good. I would have to agree. He outshines everyone else in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that's that's a good match for all three of us. I was trying to think if there's someone else, but uh, now that I think more about the characters, I have some problems with a lot of them. So, um, I did really enjoy like some of the character dynamics between Joker and Animal Mother and uh, them being like two opposite sides of like what it is to be human but we'll get into that yep. um, Apo was pretty funny it's sad to see him die like oh yeah I remember shortly now shortly after that yeah <laughs> what are you laughing at John just because earlier. Over, remembering? 
Yeah. yeah. It's like, oops, I forgot. He was a different person. <laughs> it's just a bad time to remember that. I know. <laughs> All right, you guys. The tasty. The good of the movie. Uh, do we have a favorite scene? Uh, go ahead first. I got I to gotta think. I think it's not very specifically a scene, but just the way Private Joker seems to take on Private Pile as, you know, like a little apprentice or someone to teach him because he, he does care about him. Um, just trying to make sure he can, if he wants to pass this thing, he's going to help him pass. And he shows that compassion part of war about Marines caring about their fellow Marines or men caring about other men, making sure that they're going to do a good job. Yeah. Yeah, was, I don't know. Those, that, that, it was just kind of weird just how their dynamic was. It was almost like it was a child and his father. Yeah. And, and I think that's the way they wanted to show that with the way um, the actor portrayed a uh, private pile. Private pile. Yeah, and it, it helped further uh, our understanding of his mental stability. Yep. Uh, private mm-hmm. piles, and definitely helped get to the point where at the end he's this like really psycho off the wall person. Yeah, and how he got pushed over by by the sergeant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, for me, it's probably, like, really early on when um, the gunnery sergeant is hazing them. Just kind of goofy, kind of starting off the movie in a a way where it's like, okay, this this guy means business. He's trying to prepare these people. And he's just, he's coming up with some off-the-wall, like... Insults? Yeah. So good. Still not really sure why he called the one guy Snowball. Uh, he's just bald. That's yeah, it. He's just, he's that's, just bald. That's literally that's it. He took one aspect of him, and <laughs> it's like, okay, you're bald. That's that's all you're known for. Uh, and then he completely changed uh, Private Pile's name from uh, what? What? Lawrence. Leonard, oh, Leonard Lawrence. <laughs> Leonard. Leonard Lawrence. <laughs> uh, yeah. So probably probably the first part where he enters the the room and starts hazing people mm-hmm. uh, that's definitely my favorite scene of the first half is uh, the hazing part you get all the nicknames you get all the insults uh, I wish I could say them on the podcast but uh, they're not very PC and a movie like this couldn't be made today I don't think uh, it, without... st- it still can because it this hazing part is a big part of what I what I know to be part of the military, you know, going through boot camp, you see this in a lot of other military movies too. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, Hacksaw Ridge, him be calling what's he called? Cornstack, haystack, and yeah, like just uh, something something about their height or something about whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Second half of the movie. What's your favorite part? Uh yeah. Second half of the movie, I really enjoyed (laughs) the scene where it starts off with the the song uh, Surfing Bird. Oh, yeah. Like, it's such a weird choice for a war movie. From my understanding, Surfing Bird is a 
is not a parody, but it is a joke on. There's a band in the '60s that has two similar sounding songs, and they combined them together and they made "Surfing Bird." So it, it the way that all the characters are talking, mm-hmm. like as John Wayne, as I'll, I'll, who's going to play the Indians, they're like having fun. It just gives it a really, a really gruesome reality, some lightheartedness, and some fun to it, which I really enjoyed. But I, 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 uh, I do agree. The first half, I think I enjoyed more, mm-hmm. but I think the second half, I enjoy all the new characters that we get introduced to. Yeah. Um, and. I think it's supposed to be long and kind of, I'm going to say painful because he's trying to exaggerate and portray how, how the soldiers are feeling in the in war. Hmm, so okay. it's, it's meant to, it's, it's purposefully done like that. And a lot of Stanley Kubrick's movies are slower, are... Uh, I don't know. Drawn they've out. got yeah, they've got different pacing in different parts of the movies. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for the second half, the, like for me, the only best thing is the way some of the characters show their camaraderie camaraderie to each other. Mm-hmm. But after that, there's not too much to the plot for me. There's the, there's a message they're trying to show with Joker trying to come to grips. To, you know, he's facing all of this strain from people higher up of wearing this pin versus or having this message on his helmet and then after I don't know I don't think it gets the cross yeah for me maybe my favorite scene I guess would be the little joking around between uh, Joker and Animal Mother I guess yeah. but <laughs> to be honest with you like they're trying to show something between that, like the the difference between the two of them, but it just doesn't. It doesn't really seem like they're conflicting. It just seems like more like they're just joking around. So at the end, when they have that like little "I'm in charge" type of just interaction, like, yeah, yeah, like I was just like, okay. You you don't really get, you don't really get that. So at least I didn't really get that. So yeah, I I mean the characters tell you about it, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't yeah. know. The second half of the movie just like like completely falls off from what I was expecting. Like a totally yeah. different movie. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. Which is the two halves being great, one of them being totally different than the other uh joker says something about i can't remember who it was but one of like the sergeants or the head guys that asked him like hey why are you wearing that pin does your helmet say born to kill on it or yeah the, the colonel um at the grave the mass yeah. grave and, and he says uh it's something about human uh the dual the, duali- the duality, duality of man. human nature or whatever yep and so that's what it's going for you have the first half of the second half being totally different from each other. You have Joker. You have this the sergeant, gunnery sergeant Hartman, who are pouring their 
different energies into pile and and it it creates something that doesn't really work even though pile was defect like defective or just didn't turn out the way he was still a heartless killing machine so yeah the sergeant did get what he wanted but with the mixture of joker's uniqueness which messed with pile's condition messed him up yeah there's a there's a small like brief frame you get of animal mother and i and i saw him and i it you could see pile like hit like his the face looks so similar yep and it, it's to show that if pile was successful he would have been an animal mother i i would and say he would have been more like the the gunner in that helicopter you would have been like that yeah, more crazy like that. Okay, uh, but I I don't know. I just seen something in there. Yeah. And the just the face, the eyes. Uh, sometimes they're lifeless, and these two characters mm-hmm. are almost non-human. And then you could see. Uh, at the beginning. Uh, you have Joker helping Pyle, and at the throughout the second half of the movie, a similar character. He's now struggling against and i don't know it was just a very interesting concept that uh what could have been with pile's character but see i I would argue that because of what happened with private pile that joker would completely act differently around a a person like that i yeah it to me the second half of the movie partly fails because Joker doesn't seem to learn from his previous experiences. Yeah, and instead he eggs on Animal Mother or yeah. eggs on anyone else. Like he he doesn't seem to change much as a person. He he just has more of these experiences that show that war makes and fosters these types of people. Yeah. Uh, but before we go on to the, the gross too much, I, 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 I see what you're saying. It's just, for me, Joker as a character should have developed more. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, one thing that I, I enjoyed about this movie was like the tone. Yeah. Uh, just this, like, I, I feel like in a lot of movies that, that we watched war movies, they, I don't want to say glorify it, but they they make it you know like this exciting, good, yeah, exciting like good thing that that happens. You know, oh they they if they win a battle, like you feel excited with them, but you never really get to see the the dark side of what happens um, in the movies that we've seen. So for them to show the effects of hazing in the beginning of the movie and the effects of just war in the second half of the movie i i really enjoyed that but i just feel like the first half of the movie definitely gets that right yeah too often you don't see in these types of movies um soldiers interacting with civilians either yeah which uh which civilians you're talking about like the second half right yeah the yeah. second half the, the beginning and just interacting with people other than other marines or Soldiers. Soldiers. Yeah. You're talking about like the prostitute and everything. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, that's pretty much the only civilians they really interacted with, other right. than the sniper. Exactly, and I think that's, I guess, the only other decent part for me, where he gets some sense of compassion and sympathy for a person other than in the military, even yeah. if it's the enemy. You're talking about that last, the sniper, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He, he sees her eyes, the camera zooms in on both her faces, and it's just trying to show us that he's trying to look into her eyes, sees that she's a woman instead of a man. And it yeah, looks like oh a God. child at that. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Which I, uh, completes, like, I think he he develops, but just very lately in the end. Where uh, he... For for me, that's not even development. He he already knows that war sucks and that this is another thing. It just validates more of his ideas that yeah, this duality he, of man thing. He's always talking about like, well, he's interviewed on on camera. Uh-huh. I wanted to be the first guy on the block to get a confirmed kill. I want to be in in the shit. I want to be like in the bush, whatever. And and he's never really been in that situation he's always been he always just talks mm-hmm. but he never you never like animal walk says, the walk walk the walk he doesn't he hasn't walked the walk yet and then at the end he finally walks the walk and he realizes it's it's not like john said it's not exciting it's not like something you want to do it's something that tears your character apart at the very end uh, he, he shoots uh the, the suffering lady and then they head off on their way, and they're singing the Mickey Mouse song, which is a children's song. Mm-hmm. But now it's just like there's a sense that Joker has lost his innocence, and they've, they've turned something that's ch- for like a children's show into uh, a, a combat uh, chant. Marching. Which was, yeah, marching. A marching chant. And I was, yeah. I thought I was like, wow, that's very interesting. You finally get Joker talk walking the walk but uh, he, he's not happy with himself he he loses that humanity that he was holding on to at the beginning he i think he was the only like who else showed a uh, pile of compassion no one really no one really no nope. yeah no one really they everyone was just treating him bad uh joker was trying to be there for him even after the jelly donut incident and yep. and everything that was going on and he was making mistakes he was he was trying really hard to be a really good person even though everyone was trying to egg him on to to just kind of whip pile in the shape yeah i mean as 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 an actor like what's his last name here M- matthew modine modine he, he did a good job with this character but the for for the character itself he doesn't yeah yeah he doesn't change much as a person. He doesn't learn much as a person. He, I think for me, he just gets validated about what he thinks about all these things. Yeah. And he, yeah, he didn't have that experience. He made jokes. He, he's called Joker. But then after that, he realizes, yeah, war still sucks. I actually did finally kill someone. And this, yeah, it doesn't change much for me about how I feel about this character. Like, yeah. From the yeah. beginning, I... He's the main character, so that's why we care about him. But then, yeah, after that, after the second half, he we just watch him experience all these things. But he doesn't change much of himself. I'm just repeating okay. myself now. No, that's okay. 
You're muted, John. God, I agree with you uh, because he um, he's always like even even though he's like making jokes about how he wants to be on like the front line and stuff, his whole like persona is that that war is bad. So at the end, when they see the the civilian struggling, like it just like Albert says, it confirms his beliefs, like. I agree that he does lose some of that humanity, but I don't. I don't really think it's that much. Like I, I feel like he killed the little girl out of uh, sympathy rather than a loss of humanity. Yeah, sympathy and necessity. Yeah, he had to. It's it was the right thing to do. In his eyes. Yeah. Okay, I see. I see that too. Um, any other good? We talked. Did we talk about the set design? I, I know I mentioned it earlier. Yeah, but we did some trivia, but yeah, the set design is it's hard to beat. Yeah, there was a movie that um the Tropic same Thunder. N- n- <laughs> no, nineteen seventeen. It was. It's not a war movie. It was. I think it was. Uh, it was a horror movie in like the nineteen sixties, and Kubrick sought after this like set designer. Because of, it was a really cheesy horror movie. I got I got to look it up later on, but it was about a werewolf, and I could see why he went after the set design. The set designer, it was just incredible. Oh, okay, but the the che- the movie was cheesy, but the set design was good. Yes, the set design was beautiful. Okay, just like this movie, it, it looks like they're in actual war. There's buildings on fire. Yeah, buildings. Uh, completely crumbled uh, mainly except for like the outside and it just and the, this movie was made for a hundred or not for a hundred uh for 30 million dollars and uh, all that stuff was written like probably in practical effects yeah uh and and uh, buying all those palm trees but it just made everything look so authentic yeah the the amount of extras in the movie helps a lot. Like, did they film in Vietnam or was it just in France? Just, just in England. Or England. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's the design was very good. Yeah, I thought like, hey, they they went to Vietnam and they filmed a little bit and yeah, it's in those two studios and and that's it. I don't know, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it, it, like, like. Uh, when the helicopter's flying over the rice paddies or um, yeah. they're walking with tanks along uh, a country road. Yeah. Like, it, you, you can barely tell it's a set. I I didn't think it was a set at all. I just I thought they were just filming on location. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any other good? Uh, no. Not for me, at least. Any I like, questions? I, I, oh, go ahead. I, sorry. I, yeah, I like... And I want I want to watch that Robin Williams film too, but the, which, the which way one? they choose the way they choose these songs for the music of the movie, it, it's always about this contrast of something happy versus something sad or something funny versus something um, dramatic. Which Robin Williams movie are you talking about? There's Good Morning Vietnam or something Vietnam? like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's another movie where he's basically. It's another war movie where the main actor, main character, and Robin Williams in this one, 
where he's basically against the motivations of the war or the background of the war and what he does for not being a soldier. There's a guy in this movie that sounds similar to Robin Williams. Yeah. It's the guy who's who uncovers the the dead uh Vietnam shoulder soldier's face and he goes, "This is my buddy." Oh my gosh. Yeah. He he that guy sounds so much like Rob Williams. I go back and watch that scene, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Is that Rob Williams and like just taller and skinnier? <laughs> like, what is this?" I I did I did think that in the very beginning. Yeah, <laughs> my first time watching it. <laughs> Any questions about the movie? I don't think so. Jesse time. It's pretty straightforward. Uh-huh. <laughs> pretty straightforward not not too many hidden messages like it, it's pretty clear we're following joker here and we, we know what he doesn't like about the war i think yeah but do you have any questions jesse no okay you're in command you're in command this you're in command of the the squad after your two previous people above you were killed and yeah you just, you <laughs> just went you just witness uh <laughs> You just witnessed two of your uh, allies get shot. Do you, do you go and save them or do you run away? So wait, so that means that you guys died? <laughs> Shit, sure. That's, <laughs> that's how you want to picture it. This is actually a question from the movie. When do when I, they got the sniper. Yeah. How what? like, what was uh what was his name? Uh, the friend that took over cowboy. Cowboy, yeah. Was he right to just leave them there, or should he have made a better attempt at saving them? I mean, who knows? If it was just one sniper. You don't. You don't know that. Could have been. Could have been thirty guys in that city, and their whole platoon would have been just like wiped, like wiped out. So, I think he made the good call, even though it sucks leaving your friend out there. Do you risk your whole? I almost said Splatoon from from a video game, but uh, um, do you risk your whole like team for one person? And yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I that's a hard decision to make, especially under the pressure of your your friend being shot. Like you, you would want to go do that, but how many people are you gonna risk their lives for? This guy was his job was to seek out if it was safe or not, and he did his job. Like, yeah, as as mean as it sounds, it's to save other people's lives. I don't know. It, it's it's a really it's not black and white. It's yep, completely. It's that that decision. Are you gonna leave him? Are you gonna are you gonna save him? That it's that that I keep wanting to say dualism, but. Uh, Joker, what's he, what the hell is, um, what I forgot, but it, it's Joker's like message. He wears a "Born to Kill" on his head, and he wears a a, a peace sign on his chest. It's it's throughout the whole movie. It, it's mm-hmm. and uh, it's very interesting how each person handles that those decisions and and where it leads them to. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to answer. I, I would, if I would, would try to find a way, I would try to find a yeah, way. Yeah, you would. You want to save him? Yeah. 
But if he's been shot four times, then how how are you actually gonna? Yeah, right. how right. like your efforts are futile at that point. Like yep. he gets shot in the leg, a lot of big arteries there. He gets shot in like the st- what stomach or yeah. groin, uh, foot. Like it just doesn't look good. Nope, does not look good. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> what about you, John? I. Honestly, I like probably I don't know try to, to I probably want to find a way, you know, like yeah. But but then then again, like Cowboy was in a different situation where he just kind of got thrusted into that situation. There, like yeah, he obviously has no experience leading. He they got lost because they they didn't know where they <laughs> were going. Like he's under a lot of pressure right there. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's hard to say. I hope we never have to be in a situa- situation like that ever. Nope. I don't plan on it. <laughs> All right, you guys. Let's let's take it to a, a gross and bloody place. What's the gross and the bad of the movie? Uh, I mean, we've, we've said it, but for me, it's the second half of the movie. It just felt mm. – it makes the movie feel really long and drawn out. Um the message that they're trying to get across about like what it means to be in a war like it's it's the right message but i just i just don't really feel that it's portrayed very well and mm-hmm. then like you have a character like joker who went through the experiences of what happened in the first half of the movie with uh, private pile. And he's still like cracking these jokes. Like it didn't really, it didn't seem to affect him any. Um, and he runs into a character like animal mother and he just continues to egg him on. Like it's, it's like, I just wish we would have seen more character development out of Joker. If he is mm-hmm. our main character, which he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I agree. There there's not too much in the second half here regarding character development. I don't think there's much plot here either. You just see Joker just trying to survive in his part of the war. Um, like when when he first when we first I guess the first climax is the Tet defense on on that holiday, and then after that it's not too much uh, like I don't see where it's going we don't know where he's going what what he has to do what the climax of the movie is what the met like what what's this character out here to do so I don't know he's supposed to be reporting and then right. it just seems like he gives up on that really quickly just to he sees his buddy cowboy so now he wants to be a, a war hero right but then like why do why do we care that he wants to be a reporter like what what's he actually here to do he can't report what he wants to report anyways because he has higher ups that decide that and yeah. even though he disagrees he can't do much anyways so yeah mm-hmm. honestly or, like i wouldn't i wouldn't mind watching a whole full movie on the first half like i feel that they could have i feel like they could have expanded it to a normal movie length of like an hour 45 to further show how hazing and um 
all the stuff that that goes on in these uh, camps, how they can affect someone's mental. Health. Yeah, eight, eight weeks of boot camp is a long time, so they could pack in, pack that in. Mm-hmm. And then you have a chance to go and explore more of uh, Pyle's mindset. So, I def I definitely think that the first half of the movie makes this movie better than it is. It's just I I wish we would have seen more of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the whole point of Vietnam again? The Vietnam War. Was there was there a point? Uh, that's that's what people were upset about. What's the point? Yeah. So just the second half is maybe reflecting Stanley Kubrick's views on the war, that there was actually no point to the war, and that's why there's very little plot or anything happening in it. Yeah. Just uh, blaming communism was the main point and. That's basically it. Yeah. The North taking over the South and just... It's it's complicated. I don't really yeah, know. Yo. Like, <laughs> it's... We'll have to read into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like, the second... The second half sucked. <laughs> like, like, I don't think it's talked about much in American high schools because... It didn't turn out well for the Americans, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's our <laughs> historical education. American. Our high school <laughs> education failed us here. Yeah, it didn't turn out well. We're not going to write about it. Let's just, let's just skip over that yeah. year. Good old American history for you. Yeah, we don't even know it. <laughs> History was like my least favorite subject ever. I think it's a lot of people's least favorite subject. <laughs> I should have paid more attention, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think um, the only time I enjoyed history class was when our sophomore year when we had a teacher that will not be named. Uh. <laughs> All right. Um... Continue with the gross. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I uh, I think that's it for me, John and I. I don't know what. Yeah, it, I, it's yeah, pretty it's jarring. Like... The differences, the lack of stuff happening. Even mm-hmm. though there's action, there's still stuff that isn't happening for our main character. That kind yeah. of brings down the rest of the movie for us. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I, I there's not a lot for me to say that I disliked. I I feel like. The two halves of the movie are very different and almost they feel very disjointed. Mm-hmm. And that, that brings it down a little bit. Um, but the second half feels to me like a less uh, dialogue. Like, like Pulp Fiction, it feels similar to that. Like, yeah, there's really no purpose to Pulp Fiction. But you're still having fun along the way. Not as not as good as Pulp Fiction, but I think you still have those scenes where you have just the interactions between um, Joker and Ra- Rafterman, and then like the prostitute, and then you get introduced to 
all the interesting animal mother April. You, mm-hmm. you get to meet Cowboy again, and they're just the camaraderie between them. Yeah, you have the um the second um uh, prostitute that comes by, and then everyone just kind of like making jokes. You have um uh two two bo what is it two boku you have two uh wait and wait your turn i'll skip the floor four play just like just he, how... he's saying he he's saying too much yeah too much yeah. too big yeah, yeah too much um but it, it's i don't know it's just like dumb it's like not hanging out with the boys but it's just like having fun with your friends but yeah. it, it's it's so it's a war movie. Like, <laughs> I know. I don't know. But I mean, like, yeah. It, it I, I just help. don't have fun during those scenes. Right. Though. I mean, yeah, yeah. it might be some fun during those scenes, but it doesn't like help with our character. It just shows yeah. that he's still a Joker, um, yeah. and hasn't changed, even though it was a pretty traumatic experience during his uh, boot camp. But that that's all. That's it. Doesn't go very far for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and back to Pulp Fiction. I, I thought Pulp Fiction had, after you watched it a second time, maybe that there was some kind of plot, but more than the, more than the second half of this movie. Yeah, but that's an entirely different movie with four different storylines going on, and you're not I sure know. like that was like. But there was plot. They there. all interconnect. But there's plot yeah, there. There's, there's plot there. It's just <laughs> more so. And the interactions are more fun. Like, yeah, they I definitely still are don't a lot like more it as fun. a movie. But what? <laughs> I, I love Pulp Fiction. That's okay. Um, I I don't have much to say about the gross, but I, I think I'm done with the gross. I think we I are... have one more thing to say about the gross. Hit it. All right, go ahead. Pacific Rim is a terrible movie. This is this is not <laughs> Pacific Rim. Okay. No, sorry. But what are we watching next week? <laughs> uh, we are going to be watching Pacific Rim Uprising. No, I mean, yay! I, I gave, I gave, uh, John an ultimatum. <laughs> I said we can watch Pacific Rim Uprising, finish Pacific Rim off, be done with it, or we watch a horror movie. And John chose the sequel to Pacific Rim. So. <laughs> Well, you also agreed that you wouldn't bring up Pacific Rim for a while, too, so... Hey, I only mentioned it right now because you brought it up. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know, but I'm saying after we're done watching this, you're not going to bring up Pacific Rim for a while, so... I won't. I won't. I, I, I'm happy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I think I think you'll like the second one better. I don't, but I think you will. <laughs> Um, anything else before we go into jugs and plugs? We'll think of theme no. song. Think Pacific of the theme Grimm song. Pacific is a horrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would you rather watch Full Metal no, Jacket? No, no, no. Oh. Or Pacific Rim? First half, Full Metal Jacket for sure. <laughs> what about the second half or Pacific Rim? Second half of Full Metal Jacket for sure. Ooh. No, no, not not really, not really. Uh, I'd probably rather watch Pacific Rim. Uh, at least I have that to to hold on to. 
I mean, the, yeah, at least Pacific Rim had something in it. <laughs> plot. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Have I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> Robot fight monster. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really have that either. <laughs> Make me an animal. <laughs> Let's go to jugs and plugs. Subscribe to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. How's uh how's Twitch going for you, John? I haven't been streaming. Oh. I've been I've been doing a lot of other stuff. Well, how does that work? It saves two weeks of content, or uh, it just saves yeah, it saves previous content for up to a certain amount of period. So there's nothing on the Twitch right now. Minecraft Dungeons from last week. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Minecraft Dungeons. I, yeah. I didn't know that. I was I was playing too. <laughs> You bought it? I bought Xbox Game Pass for $1 for one month. Do you have to have Xbox Live for game? Well, I mean, I guess you have to have it to... You only no? need Xbox Live if you're playing on an Xbox. I bought Xbox Game Pass on my PC. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Yep. So I mean, it's a new thing, well, for the past like year and a half maybe. Yeah. For, for um, computers. So it's one dollar for one for the first month. Yeah. How much is it monthly? Uh, ten bucks or fifteen bucks? One of those two. And you can get there's a whatever there's games a, that are there's out, a big library games. of games to play on that pass, and then you get discounts to play to buy certain games after that for for oh. that. So there's there's a pretty big library that changes every other month or every month. Um. Yeah, and then you get a discount to buy no, games. I had no idea that it applied to PC. Yeah, I mean because Microsoft being at Microsoft, they have a huge, they have a stake in computers, so they want more gamers to buy their stuff. So that's what they're doing. Interesting. Yep, and a lot of their games now are crossplay too, so you can play with Xbox players on PC. Yeah, and other systems like what they have dungeons on there. So Minecraft is Dungeons. Is that a cross-platform between PC, Xbox, PlayStation 4? No. Um, PlayStation, is, they're their own thing. They're, they don't want to cooperate. Okay. Yeah. They okay. want to be difficult. Well, I mean, Minecraft is a cross-platform between PlayStation 4, Xbox, PC. Yes. Certain uh, editions. Mobile. Certain editions. Okay. Okay. That's cool. I did not know that. I will have to jump on that bandwagon for one month and see if it's worth it for yeah i mean yeah look monthly. up look up the library of games and see what you want see if there's something you would you'd play yeah share subscribe like comment uh did you enjoy all of full metal jacket the first half the second half who's your favorite character let us know down if we have comments Wait, there's comments somewhere. Google Play, yeah. Let us know. Google Podcast doesn't have comments. Or text us if you know us. Text us if you know us. (laughs) Give me a call. (laughs) Fax us your uh, your review. (laughs) I'll give you my fax number, Jesse. Smoke, create smoke signals. We'll watch out for uh, smoke signals. Yeah, but not during curfew. Watch out for that. 
We'll talk about it after this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this has been the Legendary Sip Podcast. Join us next time for Pacific Rim Uprising. Will this be a sip that John dislikes or loves? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>